0: Welcome to the Sugar Coated Dreams Podcast. If you've ever daydreamed about running your very own baking business, then you're in the right place. I'm Lauren, the cheerful baker, and I'll be your guide on this delightful journey where sugar, passion, and entrepreneurship collide. In each episode, we'll chat with talented bakers, entrepreneurs, and cookie decorators who've transformed their passions into something truly magical. Whether you're a seasoned baker or just starting out, this podcast is for you. We'll uncover the secret behind successful baking businesses, share tips and tricks to help you level up your skills and unravel the stories of those who've created thriving careers in the baking industry. Plus, I have an exciting announcement for all of our listeners. Introducing the Cheerful Box, a monthly subscription that brings joy and inspiration to your doorstep. Each box is carefully curated and filled with items to enhance your baking experience. Inside, you'll find a surprise collection of unique cookie cutters, clip art, and a stencil plus an exclusive link to my online cookie decorating class. It's the perfect way to indulge your passion for baking and take your skills to new heights. So after you listen to this episode, be sure to check out the Cheerful Box. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to receive a monthly dose of baking magic delivered right to your door. Visit our website and subscribe today. Now grab your cup of coffee and let's get ready for this week's episode. Thank you for joining me, Meredith, on the Sugar Coated Dreams Podcast. Everyone, thank thank you you for listening. And I would (laughs) like to introduce you to the coolest person ever, Meredith (laughs) Rottlesberger, who has such an incredible, surprising background. So why don't you take it away, Meredith, and tell us a little bit about yourself? First off, thank you, Lauren. It's awesome to be
1: here. My first podcast. So this is very exciting. That's a special day for me. Yeah, it's my life has been an interesting journey for sure. All the way back to I grew up way up in Fort St. John, British Columbia, so mile 50 on the Alaska Highway really I'd like to say up in the middle of nowhere it is about 7 months of winter few months of maybe summer and grew up very much a tomboy and so that kind of led into where i ended up working as a on natural gas pipelines a bit of a hurdle along the way but i grew up motorbiking and snowmobiling and doing all the fun stuff and my dad owned a shop that sold all those fun Fun toys. So I had a little pink snowmobile when I was little, like probably when I was six years old, and I would go around the backyard a million times on my little pink snowmobile. And then ended up owning a motorbike, actually a street bike when I lived in Vancouver. So yeah, I've done all
0: you're too cool to be friends with me, Meredith. (laughs) It's been a fun
1: life. It's been a fun life for sure. So when it was coming time to go to school after I graduated, my dad said, Hey, you know, what's pretty cool right now is this computer drafting. And I thought that sounds all right. I had wanted to be an interior designer or something and that didn't pan out. So I looked at this tech school and I ended up in this program called mechanical technology. So basically a two-year program of mechanical engineering versus four or Yeah, a two-year version of mechanical engineering, but it was all hands-on. So I learned how to weld and run all sorts of machines and, yeah, do some fun stuff. And I came out of there being a drafts person, actually doing manual drafting for a pipeline company then I uh, got more into the computer stuff. And then I got, and at that, that time I was living in Vancouver and I love Vancouver. Vancouver is still my
0: favorite city ever. I've lived all over and I love Vancouver. In Kentucky, we don't have a lot of snow. So we yeah. grew up very differently. And I think that yeah. you, it was probably a lot more fun as far as wintertime where you were, because you could get out there and play in it. For us, it was yeah. just flush and yuck.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It. I mean, we did have a lot of fun, a lot of fun times. You do get a little tired of snow year round. But yeah, I know it is. It's a whole different way of living. You get to do all the fun winter sports instead. Yeah. So I got tired of living in the city and I decided to move back north way up where I was from, which was quite a shock again, going back after about 10 or 11 years. And I got a job with... At that point, I had been working on small pipeline, like your natural gas that comes into houses. So I worked my way into that. And then I got another specialty ticket, a corrosion technologist or a corrosion specialist. So I was the one to make sure your pipes don't rust and cause a leak. So I ended up working on, I was the first female hired on a pipeline crew, a big natural gas pipeline, like up to, I don't know, 30 inch pipelines. So it was me and five guys, I guess. And so I did that for a few years. And that was an adventure. Then I was working out in the wilderness, I drove a mechanics truck, I had to look out for timber wolves, grizzly bears, not to run really. Yeah, yeah. Most of the guys I worked with all traveled with guns. I didn't I'm not a gun person. So I was usually around somebody that had one or I was very careful when I was out there by myself. But yeah, I was in the bush
0: by myself. Did you ever see any grizzly bears or scary oh, critters?
1: Yeah. Grizzly really? bears. Oh, yeah. Grizzly bears, lots. Timber wolves. Lots of black bears. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. Moose. <laughs> you name I've it. I've seen
0: a bear, and then I've yeah. eaten it. That's the only ah. bear I've seen is a cookie that I've made. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I've never seen a real bear. I love bears. Bear cookies are my favorite animal. They're just Oh, cute. they're so cute. I'm sure they're not cute in in real life, but...
1: (laughs) Black bears, not so much, or aren't as bad grizzly bears. Yeah, that's a different story. So Uh anyway, so I worked on the pipeline for a while and grew some very thick skin because working around all men, I was the only woman. And then I was also running a lot of the projects. It was an interesting environment for sure. I'd like to say I can swear like a trucker.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That comes in handy when you're making cookies.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, some of those words resurface. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so that was, it was a great adventure. And I got, ended up meeting my husband. He worked up in the North as well. And literally we dated for about a year. We got engaged, got married three months later, and he got transferred to Southern California. He was, he's American, dual citizen. So yeah, a few weeks later we lived in Southern California and from there I couldn't work for a while until I got my green card and all my paperwork. And so I just went back to my creative side, which is at that time was quilting and knitting. So by the time I got my green card and I could do some stuff, I became a professional quilter and I bought a long arm quilting machine, which is about a 12 foot long frame and a big heavy machine and you actually drive it. And not, so I'm the one that puts your quilts together. Okay. So people would send me their quilt tops and I would do all the decorative stitching on it. So I was sitting there bored one day. I didn't at that time have an official job and I was filling out applications to go like work at Starbucks because I just needed to get out of the house and do some stuff. My son was little and I just needed, I wanted something to do for me for a little, few days a week. Sure. And I get this random phone call and it was a a quilting machine manufacturing company wanting to hire me to be a national educator for them. That's neat. So I was like, what? That's That's a dream job. Like, holy moly. So yeah, I got to be a national educator and I traveled all over the U.S. for about four years working at all the big quilt shows. And teaching people how to quilt their quilts using the big quilting machines. That's so neat. that, yeah, so that led my desire to teach. Like, I love teaching people. I'm always doing little videos on my Instagram, like how to do things. I love that part of it. I've taught local classes.
0: Yeah. So, anyway, so that how did that lead to cookies? That was going to be my next question. I know. (laughs) That's what I think is so interesting about you because your story, when you told me that's what you used to do, I just could not, I would have never guessed that in a million years. Um, But were you creative when you were growing up because you said you wanted to go into interior design, which is what I wanted to go into also. That's That's what yeah, that's what I went to college for. But then I actually I ended up switching. But I rearrange my house every day. Yesterday I had a million things to do, and yesterday I'm carrying furniture through the house. Like I have one chair, and I'm carrying it into the other room because I think Any, it might look better there. And my yeah. husband just looked at me and shook his head because he's used to constant rearranging Constance. of our house.
1: It's funny because I am a very creative person, but I can't decorate my house everybody's come on yeah you can I'm like no I hire people I have I've had a couple different designers come in and I just need ideas I feel like I get stuck I'm like we lived in our house for about four years before I even hung anything on the wall like I just can't make that leap yeah I'm very creative but come to house stuff no (laughs) yes growing up I'm yeah, I definitely have the technical side of the brain being going to tech school and being the pipeliner and doing all that. But I'm also very crafty. Anything that I mm-hmm. can do with my hands. My grandma taught me to knit. My grandma was a farm woman. And so us kids would get dumped off at the farm for summers and she'd be losing her mind, I'm sure, because <laughs> I would have been. But yeah, she'd sit us all down one day and she's, like, you all learning how to knit so we all learned how to knit one day boys girls all of us
0: that's and, nice.
1: yeah and my mom was a sewer so she's the one that taught me how to sew she sewed some of our clothes when we were little so she got me into sewing but yeah so I think I was probably about seven when I learned how to knit by the time I was in school at like home and what grade seven or eight I wanted mm. to knit this really difficult sweater and the teachers like, you can't knit that I'm like yeah, I can. <laughs> so I knit this huge. Like it was back at home. They're called Indian Siwash sweaters, and it's the big wool sweater with a and native sort of pattern on it. And I knit that in home at Most wow. people are like a scarf. Yeah. So I've been crafty forever. I love needlepoint. I love stitching, knitting. I around my house and any little cubby hole, there's probably five knitting projects on the go. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Are you
0: are you patient?
1: I am because I love doing the really tedious. I'm the one that picks the most complicated patterns to do. So I definitely have a lot of patience for that sort of stuff for
0: sure. That's good. I do not because I have (laughs) tried knitting. And because it takes so long to be able to see any progress, I'm like, can't do this. And then I tried cross-stitching was big when I was young because I think you and I are the same age. So I tried cross-stitching. And again, I want instant results, Meredith, which is one reason I like decorating cookies because it doesn't take that long compared to knitting and cross-stitching to see a finished something Yeah, yeah, you get that instant gratification because at the longest, some of
1: our complicated cookies might take a half an hour instead of weeks or months to knit that sweater or something.
0: So how did you start your Sweet Sugar Lane business and how did you come up with the name?
1: So name first, my middle name is Lane, L-A-I-N-E. And so I'm the worst at coming up. Like I am not like English and writing and stuff like that is not my forte at all. I'm definitely more of the creative brain writing, not so much. Oh man, I struggled. And then all of a sudden one day I kept just throwing words around and I was like, hey, sweet sugar lane. So yeah, so that worked. And then, and then when I started my cookie cutter company, my business, I just stuck in the same groove and went with sugar lane cutters.
0: Okay, cute.
1: Yeah, so that's how that came about. And then how did it start? I got burnt out from doing quilting. People were sending me their quilt tops from all over, even from Canada. And I got very specialized because once again, with those kind of like the cookies, I got very very much into doing detailed work on quilting Mm -hmm. some of those quilts were taking me six months to a year they'd be on my machine and i'd have to be in the right creative block for me to even go in my room and sit down and work on them Mm -hmm. so it was getting harder and harder for me to finish and i'm just like i'm done i'm just burnt out and so i took my last one in december 2017 and was like that's it and that december i live in a big neighborhood and i've taken cookies to different parties and the hoa asked me to do some christmas cookies and i had never sold a cookie and they're like what would you charge i'm like mm, i don't know a dollar 50 a cookie <laughs>
0: And I I look back and I'm like, we know better now, Meredith, right?
1: Holy moly. Yeah. My cookies are now like seven or $8. And so, yeah, so I did them for the HOA. So that was very beginning to December of 2017. And by the end of that December, just from neighbors that had been at that party, I did 50 dozen cookies. I had never ate more than a couple dozen cookies. So, yeah, I was like, I just jumped from one fire right into another and hit the road running. And by the middle of June, my husband kept saying that I had to get a job. I'm like, a what? since we've been married and had our son, we've moved so many times and across the border three times. So Mm -hmm. we've moved Canada to the U S three times. And so I've never really had a job outside of the house. I've always had stuff that I've done in sold in the house, crafty, whatever. And so he kept saying, yeah, maybe you should find a job. And I was like, I'm in my fifties. I don't feel like working (laughs) weekends and evenings. And that sounds so spoiled, but I was like, no, I'm just going to make this cookie thing into a business.
0: And he's you know like, what it really it's, it's not it doesn't sound spoiled. I have a friend who started a podcast and it's about living bold over the okay. age of 55. And I was listening to one the other day, an episode, and she was talking about how it's such a common thing for people. She was talking about women, but women over 50 to become entrepreneurs because we know that we have the confidence, I believe, that we can do something on our own. And we want the freedom and flexibility that comes with that, especially when you have a child at home. I think that's the reason I started this podcast. I'm such a believer in being an entrepreneur. And there's some, there's so many people that are afraid of that. And I'm yeah. hoping that in your story and other stories on the podcast, someone will hear themselves in one of the stories and think, I can do that. that. Cause yeah. I'm like, hey, I don't want to work for someone else ever again. <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah. If you, Yeah.
1: I think that it's nice to be your own boss for sure. Yeah, so in, in 20, so middle of 2018, my cookie business in six months, it it had now expanded beyond my neighborhood and I was getting random people contacting me and I was like, okay, this is really working. And so by then, so I started at my $1. fifty a cookie and then by, I went up to 24 a dozen, 36 a dozen, and then up to 48 a dozen. So I, yeah, within that first year, there was a lot of leaps because I was like, oh no, these are taking way too much time. Yeah. So in, in June, I made the leap and I went and got my business license, got my cottage license, made it all official, got my logo designed. I went right in, I got everything done right off the bat. And yeah, and then it just grew leaps and bounds. And I think I heard you mention, I was listening to the Vanillans interview about how you wanted to do just like pop-ups and stuff, right? And I thought that would be a fan. And I'm at that point right now where I want to start taking less customs and do pop-ups. But I could never make it work either. And that's what you were saying. I could sell... I have got my diehard customers now and I love them to bits. I've done their kids' birthdays for the last four years. That is my favorite. That just melts my heart. Me too. And I go and I try and do like a holiday sale and I'll sell like 20 dozen. But back in the day, like when I first started that first year or two, I remember, I think my biggest Thanksgiving, I did 90 dozen cookies in a week and I was like, wow, like (laughs) I know 90 dozen. And now for me to get 10 dozen done in a week, I'm like pulling my hair out. But the thing with the holiday cookies, I would say my average holiday sets, I would do maybe 40 to 50 dozen, but it was like pulling teeth to get them where I know other cookiers, they put their awesome, their awesome sets out there and they sell it in one day. And I'm like, right. why? I don't understand. So totally different clientele, I guess. Right. I don't know. Yeah. So that, that was my little, I was always like miffed. Why, why does my pop-ups not work or whatever? But Me
0: too. And I think yeah. you have to learn to pivot because I did the same thing. I would advertise them. I had them at different yes. places that I thought would pull people in. I knew this, yeah. that I had created some cute sets. Yeah. Nothing. I would get excited. I would put stuff out there. Nothing. But I was constantly <laughs> getting calls for custom orders. So yeah. I thought, okay, I'll make the custom orders. Somebody else can do the pop-ups.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I love doing the holiday cookies because they're cute and you get to do what you want to do. And I definitely had learned over the years because I'd want to do them all. We want to do all the designs. They're all so cute. And you kind right. of get your you get your options set and then you're like, oh, but I like that one and that one. Next thing you got 15 you're like, hey, no, got to rein that in. Got to rein right. that crazy <laughs> in. Uh, but yeah, anyways, yeah, so it's gone up and its peak. And now I'm finding that I'm pulling back a lot. I uh, getting a little tired of staying up. I'm a night owl. I'm a forced night owl because I'm a huge procrastinator. (laughs) I end up decorating a lot at two or three in the morning and I'm in my mid fifties and I'm like, okay, I'm starting to need my sleep. Right. So I'm trying to realign where I want to, where I want to take this and
0: what I want to do now. I know that you have your cookie cutter shop. You sell really cute cookie cutters, you sell stencils, you sell STL files. And I know in talking with you that you are very good at silkscreen stenciling. So how did you get started doing that? So that happened probably about three years ago. I got
1: an order for Caesars Palace. I live in Noonan, Georgia. And I got this order for Caesars Palace, like from Vegas. And I was like, how on earth is this a thing? But the girl, there was a lady here that was one of their marketing people. So she's the one that would try and get groups to go to Caesars Palace. And she lives here. And so I wanted to do the Caesars logo. And holy moly, I tried everything. I searched everywhere. I watched all the YouTube videos. I bought and wasted so much different vinyls and product and heat transfer. I tried all the stuff. And finally, an order was getting closer and closer. I'm like, I got to get this figured out. I joined the stencil groups on Facebook. And I finally found the product that worked for me, realized that the good old iron wasn't working, bought the Cricut heat press, and finally got it figured out. That first order, I think I wasted a dozen and a half cookies trying to get it figured out. And then since then it's just been just been an amazing journey and things that I've been able to do and some of the cool stencils I've been able to do. And now selling them for other cookiers, so they don't have to buy that three thousand dollar Eddie, which I would l- really like, but it's a lot yeah, of money. <laughs> it's a lot of money. So, and for the most part, I can do, I would say I don't know what percentage a pretty high percentage of the logos that people want to do can be accomplished with a stencil unless you're getting into a lot of the really detail and colors. So yeah, I would say I sell I just sold another couple last night. I sell a lot of custom silkscreen stencils to cookieers, which I love that I can help them out and save them some money and they can make more money using them. So
0: That's great that you do that because a couple of years ago, like I have all the things Meredith Say a cookie decorating supply and I'll say, I have that because I'm one of those yeah. people that I'd buy all the stuff because I'm artistic and I see a new art, a new way to decorate cookies. It's artistic. Yeah. And I think, oh, I, I want to try that. I'm going to buy that. So yeah. several years ago, when I first heard about silkscreen stencils, I bought the silk screen. I bought the stencil material. I bought the heat press. Yeah. Ask me how many I've made. <laughs> One, because I didn't have a good, no one was, it was before I had found, there was no one teaching that. And so I was trying to watch YouTube videos. And so I really didn't know what I was doing and I thought I can't do this and I gave it up. So I'm glad there's you out there that could make a silk screen stencil because I don't see myself buying an eddie anytime soon. That's the one decorating supply that you could, and I think they're awesome. They're just expensive. Yeah.
1: I am amazed. I watch like how some of the girls are using them and they're just such an amazing tool because I definitely have a love hate relationship with my airbrush machine Mm to be able to not have to drag that thing out. And I love my airbrush. Like it's a great airbrush. But yeah, me and it. Yeah, we fight quite often. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of money and I'm running out of room with all my 3d printers. I only have three now, but still, and then I just bought a laser because I'm hoping the laser's going to help me in some of my adventures going forward. So I'm about to get that hooked up. And that is a beast. I bought a big laser. Yeah.
0: And Eddie was actually more expensive than the laser. What are you going to do with the laser? Are you going to cut stencils with it?
1: Yeah. So it'll help with stencils. And then, and then I get... uh, I, I was joking with my husband. I sent him a text. I'm like, so I think I'm going to start a third business and it's going to call it be called squirrel lane <laughs> because Squirrel I squirrel. Squirrel lane company. Because yeah. And he just, he actually laughed because <laughs> it's yeah, it's exactly it. Like even when I started Cookie season, so how long is this adventure going to last? Like I'm just, so i just, want to do it all and there's I need 14 of me like we just can't help ourselves yes we just want to
0: create so for me and it sounds very similar to you I started decorating cookies and I thought oh maybe I could make my own maybe I could make my own cookie cutters and before you know it I have this full-fledged cookie cutter business we have 10 3d printers I didn't even want to buy one at the very beginning my husband said there's this really, this is years ago, I guess maybe four or five years ago. He said, there's this really cool new thing called a 3D printer. I was like, what (laughs) is that? And so he starts explaining it to me. And I'm, and in my mind, I'm thinking, why do we need that? What use could that possibly be? And they were kind of expensive back then because they were brand new. But then I found out you could make cookie cutters out of it. And I thought, oh, maybe we do need a 3D printer. Are you kind of the same way? Were you the same way?
1: Yeah. So believe it or not, my son was in grade three in a small little town in Edmonton, Alberta. We moved from Alberta to Georgia. And he had this cool young male math teacher. And he bought a 3D printer for the math room. This is grade three. This is 10 years ago, 10 plus years ago. Uh And if they did good on their scores or they did good on a test or something, they got time on the 3D printer. My son, so he would have been, what, nine years old, was bringing home boxes, 3D printed boxes with his initials on the outside of it. Yeah. And I'm like, how did you figure that out? He goes, (laughs) oh, there's software. I'm like, oh my gosh. So that kind of set his path. Hence, he's in engineering because- He's got that brain. So yeah, when I started, so he was about 15 after about a year after I started the cookie business and I'm ordering boxes of cutters and he's mom, like I can make those. And yeah, my husband did the research, bought us a printer and then we have different printers than anybody out there. Like, I don't think anybody I've ever seen in any of the groups has a matter hacker's I have a matter hackers printer. And now we have three of them. Anyways, we get it. And I show Nathan, okay, the good, the bad and the ugly, what I like about these cutters. He's like, yeah. And he downloads Fusion 360 right from the get go, figures it out. YouTube figures it all out. Next day, I've got a cookie cutter. And so then we spent about a year tweaking it because I print with PETGs. So Uh it's a little bit more durable and it's hot water safe and stuff. Right. So it took us a while to get the settings figured out. And then I got enough confidence to start selling them. And then it's probably I think two years ago this year when I started the cookie cutter business. And then Nathan helped me set up my Shopify because he's good at programming. He's I'm like, how do you want to do this stuff? He was like, I don't know. I just figure it out.
0: I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Isn't it great, Meredith, that because is your son 20? Yes. Okay. I thought, because my oldest son is 21 and our youngest is 17. And one thing I'm really happy about, and I'm sure you feel the same way, is that they have seen an entrepreneur at work. They've seen the blessings that come from it. They've seen the hard work that it takes. The hard work, yeah. And they've experienced working in a lot of the jobs takes to
1: run a business
0: and I hope that one day they think maybe I could do something on my own
1: yeah no I think that's true for sure and it's when you start like when I started this little cookie business honestly I thought little cookie business I thought I just want to make $500 a month and I had a brief conversation with a tax guy and they're like yeah if you keep it under this much then you know you won't have to pay taxes I blew past that number in like month two and Jim's like, why are you making so much money? I'm like, you told me to get a job. (laughs) so Now I have a job and yes, it's going to affect your taxes. so (laughs) That's another whole ballpark. But anyways, yeah, you don't, you think, okay, I'm just going to make cookies. No, it's a lot more than just making cookies. It's getting QuickBooks. It's figuring out your banking. It's, how to pay those taxes. It's um, (laughs) learning software. Like, I can't believe with my brain, like we're going to stay young, Lauren, because we're like learning so much stuff. I feel like my brain's on overdrive. All the software, Canva, how to make all my labels and tags, how to run my Rolo printer. I just learned how to make some cool stickers with my Rolo besides my four by six things. It's all this stuff, Fusion 360. So Nathan, he, my son, he got bored of making cookie cutters. After about six months, He's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm like, you can't quit on me. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Okay, show me how to use Fusion 360. So then I'm now the designer. I'm talking to the people when I'm having troubles with the printer. And I thank goodness I have my husband because he's the mechanic. Because still to this right. day, I say I don't know much about the how to fix the printer. So if he goes right out of town here. and something goes sideways with my printer, I'm like, oh, my God, when are you coming home? Because my printer's <laughs> oh my not working God. But yeah, there's definitely, I learned right off the bat, I am an awful bookkeeper. That is not a creative thing. So that interests me zero. So I have to pay someone to keep my books in order because I thought two years ago, I'm like, I'm going to do it January. I had paid the guy the year before he got all my books up to date. And then come January, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be on it. Oh yeah. By like March, it was a fiasco. So Uh, I'm like, I got to find a bookkeeper. So you have to farm out. I hate paying that bill. She's worth that bill, but I hate paying it, but I can't do it. That's not my thing. You definitely have to learn to farm out what you're not good at and free up time for you to do what you're good at.
0: Absolutely. So I'm in all these coaching groups because I'm trying to pay for one child to be in college and the other one's going to start. So I'm always trying to figure out how to maximize my business. But one theme runs through all these groups, and it's taken a while for me to realize this. You have to hire people to make more money, you have to spend money to make more money. And that sounds so counterintuitive. But just what you said. When you hire someone to do what you're not good at, then it frees you up to do the things you're good at and to build your business. And for my subscription box, at first I was packing all the boxes. I don't need to be packing the boxes. I need to be doing those other things that that other people don't know how to do, like designing the cookie cutters and creating all this stuff on Canva. My son can pack the boxes and his friend. And that yeah. was hard for me to let that go because I was afraid. they What if they mess up? And then I, I know, thought, right? what if they do mess up? It's a box. People it's are going to be fine. And yeah. they do a great job. And occasionally they mess up and people are yeah. so nice. Yeah. Sometimes they'll put two I think, I think then since they've started doing it though, they've messed up three boxes. They've either left a cookie cutter out or put two of the same one in. Yeah, it's fine. And I pay them happily because then it frees me up to be able to do other parts of the business. Do your
1: creative stuff. That's right. So you can make
0: more boxes. So how did you learn how to decorate cookies?
1: So my recipe, the cookie recipe I use is my grandmother's. So I've been baking it my whole life. And Aww, so way back amazing. in the day, yeah, from the time I, I could bake cookies, it was always grandma's recipe. And it's just an old fashioned sugar cookie. And then we would mix milk and powdered sugar and drizzle it on. So it was just okay. a simple glaze. And then over the years, It was probably close to the time when we moved to Georgia around 2015. Actually, no, in Edmonton, I was decorating some as well. And I look back at those and it's fun to look back and see where we started. Right. I started using royal icing and then I started watching some more videos and took some, just some online classes and watched YouTube videos and just got it figured out and got better and better at it. And yeah. That's all I did. And then now I've reworked some of my recipes and I have some flavored, all based off my original recipe, but some different flavors, which I really enjoy as well.
0: Tell us a little bit about your experience on the Food Network, Christmas Cookie (laughs) Challenge, from pipeline worker to the Food Network. Did you ever think that was going to happen, Meredith, when you were out there in the cold, making sure the pipes were not being corroded? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and then I'm on TV.
1: Yeah, that was so crazy. What a crazy experience. And I had been contacted twice, actually. So back in 2019, I had been contacted. And I only made it through maybe two of two rounds of interviews, like really the very beginning interviews, and they had found me on Instagram. And, but they were looking for as I th- they look for certain personalities to form their teams for sure. Right. And I obviously was not that person. And you know what, in my heart, and that maybe that even exuded, I wasn't ready. It was near my cookie beginning of my, a few years into my cookie journey, but I was not ready. I did not have the confidence to manipulate my recipe and do stuff like that. But Anyways, when, yeah, they randomly popped into my Instagram DMs in... So I was on in 2022. So yeah, December of 21, I guess they showed up and asked me. And then I was like, yes. And I, so maybe it was just my confidence. Like I felt, yes, I could do this, but could we're I do on, this?
0: We, I didn't realize we were on the same year.
1: Yeah. You, what episode were you?
0: Six.
1: Six. And we were two. Yeah. We were two, two. Yeah. Yeah so anyways, yeah, what a crazy experience. And same as, cause I was with Beth and I couldn't oh, have asked for, yeah, How yeah, Beth really and me, and Allie and I, yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. We had so much fun. We were instant friends. And yeah, it was, I was also in Reno. Rabiha was in Reno. Beth was in Reno, Reno and me. We all get that phone call and I was walking into Renee's core class, Sweet Cheeks, Renee and walking into our class and food network was on my phone. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> what? So I go back out and I'm with all my friends and you get this amazing news and you're like hyperventilating and you can't tell anybody and you're with all your cookie friends. So I was like, right. Oh my
0: God. <laughs>
1: yeah. So it was amazing. It's, it's amazing how I wasn't as nervous as I thought. Like when I showed up on set, it is cool. It is overwhelming. Like when you walk into the studio and you're like, oh my gosh, like this is it. It was fun.
0: And, it's a beautiful and, you know, studio. Isn't it, it is. a beautiful studio? That's what I did. I walked in and I went, because oh, I wasn't expecting it to be as yeah. massive and absolutely beautiful as it was.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was really good. And I was... Amazing to be there, amazing to get to the second round, and then it all fell apart.
0: <laughs> <But> <laughs> that happens. I
1: had, yeah. <laughs> I had so much fun though. And Eddie Eddie was being awesome. He was like being my biggest cheerleader, because I yeah, am mine. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. I couldn't even make my grandmother's recipe. I swear something was wrong with the butter because all of us were having a hard time making I think their butter might've had a higher water content or something. Cause uh-huh. seriously, I kept dumping in flour and flour. I'm like, what is wrong with this recipe? Like, why is this not working? I've made a million cookies. <laughs> so anyways, and then all the way to the mystery ingredient that went wrong. And, but yeah, Eddie was in the corner near the end there where my reindeer is hitting the floor. Like they only show it hitting the floor one time on TV. It hit the floor like three times. <laughs> And he's like, Meredith, come on, you can you can do it. Just lean them in there. Just it's gotta be
0: all on the carousel. Just lean him in there. I'm like, I'm trying, Eddie. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I made a 3D, my my 3D thing was a hot air balloon. Yes, and, it was awesome. Oh, thank you. And it's so funny how your mind works when you're in those situations because. Mine was going to be the cool thing about it is I thought, okay, I'm going to put sprinkles in the balloon. So when they opened it up, this, or when they, I had some cotton candy in the bottom and when yes. they pulled the cotton candy down, it rained sprinkles. I thought, Oh, this is, I'm a shoe in. I'm going to win because this is <laughs> in my mind. This is going to set me apart. It's going to be awesome. I've made yes. cookies like that. I've made them a hundred times. The secret ingredient was a liquid and right. I put it in the dough. I condensed it down so it was a syrup. I put it in the dough. I put in too much because I had no idea. Yeah. Was, the fact that it didn't fall apart is miraculous. It was so <laughs> soft. Oh, so no. in order to fill that cookie with sprinkles, I had to flip it over. There was no way because it would come apart. So yeah. I was sitting there on national TV <laughs> Trying to shove sprinkles Sprinkles up. up. (laughs) Gravity trying to shove them up in this balloon and then they fall back down. And I shove them up and they fall back out. And Eddie's over on the side going, Lauren, is the third time the charm. I'm like, I can do (laughs) it, Eddie. I can do it. (laughs) I'm that later. I'm like, what an idiot. Come on.
1: Well, look at me trying to take melt down the caramel off the caramel apple and putting it in royal icing fat and royal icing don't mix. And it's, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's gloopy. And that's what I say on that I'm like, it's gloopy. I'm like, no doubt it's gloopy. I'm like, oh,
0: but yeah, you're just like in panic mode. Okay, what can I do? That's right. Um, so yeah. now that you've done that really cool thing, being on the Food Network, and you've made your ketter Shop, and you're teaching at Cookie Con, what else yeah. do you have up your sleeve, Meredith?
1: Oh my gosh. I don't know. There's always a million ideas in my head. I would love to do a subscription box that has been on my list for a long time. And it's so fun. that is, that's a goal of mine. And then I started making macarons, I think two years ago, and I love making macarons. It's too, it was just such a nice diversion from doing so many cookies. Yes. And I would love to do a monthly macaron box as well. I've got it. I don't even advertise. I'm selling them and I have a following for my macarons as well. So just something different. Teaching, definitely want to get back to teaching. I taught quite a bit before COVID, local classes, and I would really like to get back to doing that and then doing some online classes. So there's a million ideas in there, but yeah. Yeah, squirrel, squirrel, exactly. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So let's do the. Are you ready for the speed round? Okay. (laughs) So what is your very favorite treat?
1: Cinnamon buns.
0: Is that right? Yeah. I just saw something on TikTok or Instagram about this cereal that costs $50 a box. And it's croissants, homemade croissants with cinnamon in them. Have you seen that? Oh my gosh, no. No. Yeah. Little mini croissants with cinnamon in them. And so this girl was showing how to make them on your own. Ooh. And I thought, Ooh, that sounds good. Doesn't it?
1: I was just in Montreal last weekend for a formula one race, which was oh. something I never thought I would do, but yes, when in Montreal, we ate a lot of croissants.
0: Yum. <laughs> yeah. And do you have a favorite cookbook?
1: I don't really, I don't really, because if I'm pulling up a recipe, honestly, I go to Pinterest or Google it. So I don't really have a good old recipe book that I dig out anymore.
0: We'll say Pinterest. Pinterest is kind of a digital recipe book. (laughs) Definitely is, yes. Now, if you could make cookies for anybody that has passed or is still living, who would you make cookies for?
1: Oh my gosh, I think both my grandma's. Yeah, they're but okay. they've both been gone for a long time. And especially my grandma whose recipe I use every day, that would be so amazing to be able to show her some of my cookies. And then even my my dad's mom, my other grandma, she would just get a thrill out of those, I'm
0: sure. My my dad's mom, my dad grew up on a farm in Pennsylvania, and he's how old is he? he's 90. Well, <laughs> and yeah. it's hard to believe he's that old because you would not ever know that. But So when he was young, it was farm work and farm workers and my grandmother baked all the time. That's where I got my love of baking that and my mother, that my grandmother baked. She would bake, my mom would tell me like 20 pies a day for these farm workers and tons of bread and and all kinds of stuff. I don't even know why I started telling you this story. Oh, our grandmothers. Yeah. (laughs) Our grandmother's, and so when my grandmother died, the one who loved to bake, I received her rolling pin, and that's, <gasps> that's what I use. That's uh-huh. what I use.
1: That's
0: and so cool. Isn't that neat? Yeah. I think that's really neat. And then my mom got my mom and dad got me a rolling pin made a couple Christmases ago because I yeah. thought I had two children. Who am I going to give the rolling pin to? Right. <laughs> now will each have one. Yeah. Oh,
1: that's so awesome. I love those memories. Those are just such cool things to have.
0: It is. And now I yeah. have that rolling pin hanging behind my stove. So that's ah, a neat that's reminder. I don't use it as much. I use it all the time whenever I started baking cookies, but then it got a little crack in it. I don't want it to crack all the way through. So. No. But yeah. I started, that's what I started my cookie business in, was use, using my grandmother's rolling pin. So that's super cool. (laughs) So tell us where we can find you all the Facebook and Instagram and all that good stuff. All the places.
1: Yeah. Even on TikTok, I even had to learn TikTok. Yeah. So just sweet sugar lane on all of them. I've got YouTube videos, my Instagram, Facebook, and then also sugar lane cutters on Instagram and Facebook as well. But I need to give, I need to back off from cookies and give the cutter business some love because um, I definitely spend all my time on my cookie page and it's growing like crazy. Those algorithms, who knows? But yeah, my cutter, my cookie page is growing crazy right now, which is, I love it. Thank you. you
0: (laughs) Mine, I have been stuck. I grew like crazy last year. And then since then, I love I look and I'm like, oh, the same numbers yesterday. Oh, the same numbers last week. Oh, the same numbers last month. At least it hadn't really gone down, but it didn't going up.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. And that was the same last year, probably the last six months of the year where it just was on a downhill spiral. I was like, I give up. I don't know. I'm doing the same. I'm posting all the stuff. And then all of a sudden it just started going again. It's just... I hate that we're tied to those numbers and it frustrates me, but it is definitely a game and I I don't like to quit. Me
0: too. (laughs) So lastly, Meredith, if you were to give one piece of advice to someone who's listening, who's thinking, maybe I'd like to start my own business, what advice would you give them?
1: Patience and perseverance, I think. Just... Do your practicing. There's lots of YouTube videos out there to watch. Get it all figured out. Start a separate bank account and do it properly from the beginning. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And I think that don't sell yourself short. Even when you're starting out, I think nowadays, I know when I started four or five years ago, I think the minimum was $36 a dozen. Things have gone up. So just don't sell yourself short. It's hard to start super low and go up. Yeah. Don't start at (laughs) $1.50 a cookie. Don't do that. very
0: good advice. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for coming on with me today. You're so interesting and so much fun to talk to, and I know others have really enjoyed listening to your story.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. See you
0: later. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Sugar Coated Dreams podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed today's chat and don't want to miss out on future episodes, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform. We release new episodes every Thursday. If you enjoyed the episode, please take a moment to rate and review it. It would mean so much to us. And remember to check out the Cheerful Box. It's the perfect companion to help you unlock your creativity and help make your baking dreams come true. You can find it at www.CheerfulCutters.com. So until next time, keep dreaming big and never underestimate the power of a little sugar and a whole lot of passion. I'm Lauren Jacobs, and this is the Sugar Coated Dreams Podcast.